This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. So glad to see you here today. We are in week three of our Change Your World series. And so we're going to be kind of picking up uh, our verse for the day. is going to be 2 Corinthians 10, uh, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. And I want to do something that I never, well, don't do a lot. Okay, do sometimes. Okay, do often. I'm just kidding. I want to give you a disclaimer before we kind of start today, okay? When I say that, do you get nervous? A little bit. No, really, today's going to feel maybe, it it might feel like a little bit different day because I'm going to kind of more so than preach a sermon today, I want to just kind of tell you a story. And and I want to talk to you about kind of where this series, I want to share the the story kind of of my heart of kind of where this series, Change Your World, was kind of birthed out of. Like why, why... we decided to do this series. And so today I'm just going to kind of tell you the story of it and then see how I hope that this will, this series will continue to kind of impact and influence your life going forward. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. It says, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but according to the measures of the area of ministry that God has assigned to us, which reaches even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as if, as if we had not reached you. Since we have not come with you to the gospel of Christ, we are not bragging beyond measure about other people's labors, but we have the hope that as your faith increases, our area of ministry will be greatly enlarged so that we may proclaim the good news to the regions beyond you, not boasting about what has already been done or in somebody else's area of ministry." Paul says a lot of things right there in those three verses, but there's four things that I want you to pick up even from the beginning. He talks about your area of ministry, his area of ministry, and he talks about that as they are in their area of ministry, participating in their area of ministry, that they would see their faith increase because of their participation in what God is doing in their area of ministry. And as as their faith is being increased, God is increasing their own ministry. And what ultimately happens as a result of that is their hope is that they would be able to proclaim the good news beyond, they'd be able to proclaim the gospel beyond where they even are at that point to even more people than they're currently proclaiming that gospel to. And he starts out with that very simple idea saying that God has assigned to me or to him, assigned to us, a ministry. God has assigned to us, and I would say that's to all Christians, an area of ministry. And for, for starters, that's really that circle of influence that we've been talking about these last few weeks, these last couple of weeks. That circle of influence is, I would say, the beginning place, the beginning space of your area of ministry. But for me, I would say, and I hope you would say that, that too, that my area of ministry is also the River Church, Right? That, would, that is me as an individual. That is where God has assigned me. That's where God has placed me. That's the, that's the area of ministry that he's given me. And, and it's something that if you've been here for a while and you've heard me talk about um, why we planted the church or where it came from, it's something that you would see and understand has, has been in my heart. It's something God put in my heart since I was a teenager. And there was times I didn't think it was going to happen. There was times I didn't want it to happen. Um, but going back and forth, it's always been kind of in my heart since I was young, right? And as Katie and I set out to kind of 
go on this journey to plant the river and start the river. We went through church planning training and all, all these different things, and we met different church planners. And, and one thing that I noticed as we were going through those trainings and learning about how to do this um, was that there was a lot of people or a lot of pastors who planted churches or started churches because they were kind of angry about something. You, have you ever met anybody like that? Like they're, they're upset about something, they're angry about something, their, their old church just kind of made them mad or hurt their feelings, and so they decided, well, I'm going to go do my own church, right? That's what we did. I'm just kidding. That's not what we did. That's not what we did. <laughs> and I'll tell you which church it was. No, I'm just kidding. Just playing. But for me, that, that really never was what I want to do. I grew up in a church that I loved, I still love, I'm grateful for. And for me, the reason why we wanted to plant a church was because I believe in the church. We wanted to plant a church because I believe in the mission of the church. We, I believe that the church is the hope of the world, right, through Jesus Christ. And so I believe in the mission of church. I believe that God changes lives today. I believe that God heals people today. I believe that God transforms people today. And so the reason why I wanted to plant the river, the reason why I felt like God placed this in my heart wasn't because I was angry about something or upset about something or wanted to do something my own way, but it was because I very much believe in this. I believe in the church. I believe what it's a part of. And I wanted to uh, be a part of creating a place like that, a place that does that, a place where God changes lives, where God heals people, where God transforms people. Like you read these stories in the Bible, like you go through Acts and you see how God's planting churches and starting churches. And like, I wanted to experience that. And I wanted to kind of experience it on, on a raw uh, kind of ground level, if that makes sense. So I didn't want to come into something that had been established for 100 years. I wanted, to, I wanted to experience it at its base, at its core, because what's really cool about a church plant is that it's a miracle. You know that? Like a church plant is a miracle, especially if you know me well and you know all... <laughs> Easy. But you know that, like, literally, I am not capable of doing this, right? And so this place is, it's, it's a very spiritual, beautiful thing that's birthed out of uh, people coming together who didn't know each other really previously, right? There's a core of, of group that kind of started this thing, but most of the people who are here today didn't know each other until the river, like it brought us together. And so it's something that's being birthed, uh, people coming together, growing out of nothing, and it's this beautiful miracle, and like, so for me, I, you know, selfishly, I wanted to experience that. And I wanted to see that, right? I wanted to do that. I wanted to be a part of that. And, and more than that, I, I really, really, really wanted to be a part of a place where people are meeting this incredible God of the universe. I want to be a part of creating a place where all people feel welcome, regardless of their sin, regardless of their history, regardless of their background, regardless of their church experience, that they could come into a space or a place, feel welcomed, feel loved, and, and hopefully have their life changed by Jesus that hopefully they meet in this space. And so when Katie and I moved back to Dallas-Fort Worth from Georgia, if you know I'm from here, but lived in Georgia for a little while, when we came back here to start the river, we didn't know where we were going to be. We didn't really know what we were going to do. We really, like I joke and tell you I'm not capable. I'm really not. <laughs> it's not a joke. Um, we just kind of drove around, or I just kind of drove around for a while. Like days, I would just go drive around Dallas-Fort Worth and just pray about where we're going to be, what God was going to do, and, and pray that he would somehow make this dream that he had put in our hearts become a reality. 
a space where people come in and meet and experience God, that they, regardless of their history, regardless of where they've been from, regardless of what they've gone through, they can come and meet him and be changed by him and be healed by him and just, like, that's what we want, right? And so that's kind of my heart for this space, and and we say it in this way, is we want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom from sin and shame. We want to help people find purpose, and we want to help people make a difference in the world around them. And I believe, even in our little way over these last almost three years, that God has been doing that in and through our church. Like, we've gotten to baptize people. We've gotten to see people get saved. Like, and, and for me, I get to do something that you don't, is people talk to me about what's going on in their lives, right? And so I get to see these really cool stories of things that are happening in our church that maybe you don't know about, but how God's changing people's lives in our church. And I love it. Like, the other day, this might be a selfish prayer that I prayed, but the other day I was just kind of having a frustrating morning. You ever have one of those? I'm sure you guys don't, just me. And so I was kind of having a frustrating morning, and I was like, God, I just need to see something good happen. Like I, was, I stopped and I was praying. I was like, God, I just need to be reminded real quick that you're doing things in our church. I need to be reminded real quick that you're like transforming lives. I need to be reminded real quick that, that you're doing some awesome things in our church. And so I just kind of prayed that prayer and went off. And this was like a week ago or a couple weeks ago. And then like within an hour, I get a phone call and somebody's like, Mike, let me tell you about this amazing thing that happened in our community group last week or last night. It's awesome. I got to hear these stories. I got to see these stories about how God is changing lives, how God is growing up people in our church, and how God is blessing our church in some really just cool ways. And so I'm, I'm getting to see kind of that dream that God put in my heart three years ago, 10 years ago, really, um, come true. And so as I was kind of thinking about that, if you don't know, Katie and I, um, well, Katie had a baby about two months ago. And so I took some time off from teaching. Uh, I took about a, mo- a month off from teaching. And during that time, uh, I just kind of spent some time thinking about that. I spent some time thinking about a couple different things. And, and one of the things that I was kind of really thinking through and processing was um, how much God loves you. And I was thinking about how much God wants you to experience him, how much he wants you to know his um, unconditional love for you. Um, you see these stories in scripture of people who get set free from sin, they get set free from things that just have trapped them, and it's nothing but Jesus that does that. And so there's just, as I was thinking through these things, there's this, um, and Katie and I began to talk about it, and I was man, I'm, I'm feeling this, I'm, I, I want this, and it, is I want you to experience that in our church community, for this to be a space and a place where people can genuinely come in And regardless of how your week went, regardless of how you're feeling that morning, um, regardless of what's going on in your life, you come in this space and this hour and a half or so, you experience God. And you experience him and you are encouraged by him and you leave this place filled up, ready to go. And and so I I want that and I'm going to process that and think about that and then also begin to think past that. And so that, that's kind of where the basis of it was. And then I started thinking past that. And what I want even more than that is that that's not just limited to this hour and a half for you. And that's not just limited to this hour and a half for our community, but that because our church is placed uniquely in this school, in this area, that it would extend kind of not just in this hour, but that it would go out into our community and that that would happen through our church, right? 
And so that, the first thing was really I wanted God to continue to do that and grow us up and expand our church, but expand our church into the community so that the community experiences God through our church. You follow me? I know I'm like going and going and going. Um, and so that was the first thing I was really thinking through and processing. And then the second thing I kind of began to process was how much I really think and believe that God has blessed our church. And, and I believe that God has given us a lot. I believe that God has blessed us a lot. And, and again, I could, we've, we've seen stories about how God is changing lives, how God is saving souls, how God is doing, setting people free. And, uh, and it's created, as I was thinking through that, it was creating this kind of gratefulness in my soul, right? For our church and for what I'm getting, being able to see God do. Um, and then I went further than that. And what went past that, um, well, to explain it well, is almost started to be like this angst, like this this uh, a little bit of kind of like a uh, like a holy fear in me that I don't want to waste that. And so I, I was thinking about how God has blessed our church, how. Um, you know, and, and that began to make me think, I want to get this right. I want to make sure that we don't waste that. And I, and I want people to experience God in this place. I want people to experience God in our church. I want him to continue to grow us. I want him to continue to do those things in our lives. But as he's doing that in you, what kind of created the fear in me or the angst in me is that I don't want us to forget why God does that in us. Because I believe that God blesses us. I believe that God gives us resources. I believe that God gives us opportunity for a reason. Like, first and foremost, I think he blesses you, he gives you favor simply because he loves you, which is a pretty good reason, right? Like, there's things I do for my wife, I do for my kids, there has no other reason than the fact that, man, I just love you, right? I love you. But past that, I don't think God only blesses us because he loves us. I believe God blesses us, not just for our own good, but for the good of the people around us within our sphere of influence, Right, And so it's important to me, as I was thinking about those things, it became important to me, not became, it already was, but important to me that we as a church are a good steward of the resources that God has given us, that we're a good steward of the influence that God has given us, and that we're a good steward of even the amazing things that God is doing in your lives, that you would show the world around you so that they would see Jesus through what he's doing in you. And so... I was thinking about that and thinking about that. And, and you know, for me, if you know me well, I, I'm like a strategy guy, okay? So, like, I, I think about these process things, and then I want to come up with a strategy on how we're going to do it, right? Because it's going to drive me crazy if we can't figure it out. So I was thinking about, okay, how do we, as, as a church and then on an individual level, take that past where we are to where we want it to be? And so I begin to think about how do we influence the world? How can we, as a church, be an influence and a blessing past, well, as a church organization, how can we be a blessing past just us, right? And then as individual members of a body of Christ, the body of a church, be a blessing past just this space. And so as I was processing that, I heard this really cool story about um, a man and a woman, a woman named Lauren Cunningham and a man named Dr. Bill Bright. And if you're familiar with them, they're awesome kind of heroes of the faith. And, uh, this happened about 40 years ago. They were in this city together kind of at the same time. And they're, again, kind of giants in the faith. And so they, they were in the same city together and said, hey, let's, grab up, let's meet up for lunch. Let's get together for lunch. And so they were, had set up this lunch meeting. And then the middle of the night before their lunch meeting, God woke them both up. 
You ever had that happen to you? you? Sometimes you just wake up and you just can't go back to sleep and you're like, something's going on, right? For me, I joke about this all the time. When I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I can't go back to sleep, I start praying for you guys and it puts me right back to sleep. So thank you. <laughs> but anyways, God wakes them both up and in the middle of the night and gives them both this kind of vision and so they both begin to write this down. They write this vision down. And so the next day, they come to lunch. They come together for lunch. They get together, and, you know, Lauren's like, Bill, this, this God did this. God told me this amazing thing last night. And Bill's like, oh, that's so cool. God, God did it. I mean, I don't know exactly how it went because I wasn't there, but I'm imagining it was something like that. He's like, God did this amazing thing. And so they, pull, they both pull out their notebooks, and they compare notes. And would you believe that what God gave them both separately in different locations was the exact same thing? pretty cool, right? And so here's what God gave them. God gave them what they called at the time the seven mountains, or what we call today the seven streams of influence that impact and affect all of society. And so what God told them is that the way to change the world, or if you want to influence your world around you as, as the church, the way that you do that is there's these seven streams of influence that kind of rule and run the world. And so if you want to impact the world, you've got to get in these seven streams and you've got to influence them and be a blessing to them. And then you can, from that, play, that out, influence the world. And so these seven streams, you see them up here. The first one is the church. And we know the church impacts culture. The church impacts the world. And there's kind of this movement in the world that says, you know, your faith should be private. Your faith should be kept to yourself. Your faith really shouldn't impact the way you think or how you live out your life or, or even really everything else around you. And I would a thousand percent disagree with that. I think your faith should impact every area of your life, right? And so the church was the first one. Second one was government. We know how government influences society, so get out and vote. The third one was arts and entertainment, which was movies, TVs, music, sports, go Cowboys, right? They're going to, hey, they're not going to lose this week. Then the next one was education, some of you guys got that. Next one was education, which is shaping. We know this, like we see how education is a stream of influence. It's shaping the minds of, of young men and women all over our world. Then you have media, which is things like news and radio and magazines. They put newspapers in there too. And then the last one on that list is family. And I would say that family is probably the most important one because if you pay attention to, if you, if you like history, you pay attention to history, um, Throughout history, when the family unit is strong and when the family unit is flourishing, so also then does society. And so these are kind of the seven streams of influence that God woke them up in the middle of the night, gave to them, and said, this, these streams impact the world. These streams of influence can change the world. And if you want to change the world, you've got to get in those streams of influence, and you've got to make a difference. The only thing is, I would disagree with this just a little bit. And you guys are like, Mike, you idiot. God gave that to them. <laughs> Here's what I would say. I don't really disagree with it, but I would, if, you know, I would put it this way. I don't think the church is one of the streams of influence. I believe the church, what the church needs to do is mobilize, get into the streams of influence, and then influence them. Does that make sense? And so we're not a part of the whole. Christians need to mobilize and get into those seven streams and then therefore influence from there on out, right? And so, because what happens is sometimes, you know, um, people think the church should kind of separate and go hide out and do our own thing and try to influence the world. I, I totally disagree with that. I think the church needs to be in the world, not of the world, influencing the places of influence, right? 
transforming from the inside out. And so what came out of this whole process, right? So we've been walking through this whole process. You're like, Mike, when are you going to get to the point? When it came through this whole process was this series, Change Your World. And so week one was we want to be a blessing to one of these streams of influence. That was our, if you weren't here, that was our 10 for 1 Sunday, which we kind of are doing every year, but we placed it at that point in this series because we want to be a blessing to an area of education where we meet, right? One of those streams of influence. So that was 10 for 1. Last week, if you were here, I gave you gift cards and I gave you a tool. I said, go out and be a blessing to your stream of influence. And if you're having a hard time, here's how you walk through and love on, even in difficult times, your stream of influence so you can keep it going. This week, we're going to do something really cool that's going to bless a business in our area. And then next Next week, um, our final week of the series, I'm going to give you an opportunity to not just change your world, but bless and change the world. So next week, do not miss next week. Okay? It's going to be, it's going to be even better than this week. <laughs> so don't miss next week. It's my, it's my favorite week of this series. Do not miss it. And so I believe that our job as the church, as a church organization, is to saturate these areas, bless these areas. Uh, and not run away from them, but get in them, influence them, be a blessing to them, love them, not, not run away from them, but hide them, but, and hide from them, but as a church, bless those industries, give to those industries, serve those, those areas of influence however we can that they might see Jesus Christ through the church. And so here's what we're going to do this week, kind of a big rollout idea that we have this week, is there's a coffee shop right down the street that I enjoy. It's called Brews and Blues. If you've anybody around here seen it, it's like right on North Tarrant and Roof Snow, right down the street. And so what we're going to do, I spent a lot of time there studying there and, and, and just kind of hanging out, um, running into people. And, and kind of throughout that time, I've gotten to know the owner a little bit. And so um, it, it's a local business where a lot of people spend their days hanging out for work meetings, social meetings, studying. It's a place of influence where people of influence go to hang out. You follow me? So as a church, what we want to do is be a blessing to them. And so I came up with this idea, and I hope it doesn't bankrupt the church. <laughs> I came up with this idea. I'm just kidding. It's not. What we're going to do is from open until close, which for them, it's 9, uh, it opens like 5 or 6 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., we're just going to buy all the coffee. And so as a church, we're going to go in and we're going to, to pay for whoever comes in that space. They're going to walk in and be like, hey, I need my, need my latte, need my whatever. And they're going to go, okay, it's paid for. By who? This weird church that meets in an elementary school down the street. <laughs> and literally, that's, that's what it's going to be. And so it was funny is when I asked the owner about this, I approached him. He literally thought I was crazy. Like some of you guys are thinking that's crazy. He was like, that is a, why would you do that, Right. And I don't really under, expect him to understand why we would do that, but it's because we believe that the church should be a blessing to places of influence in our world. So we're going to advertise it. We're going to try to get the word out. We're going to try to get new customers there so that, that, that this Friday, when we do it, it's going to be this Friday, this Friday, this Friday, get that in your head, this Friday, this Friday. When they're going to have new customers come in, people who've never heard of the place are going to come in and for only so they can get a free coffee. And hopefully they see it, they like it, they decide to come back. Why? So that we can be a blessing to him. We want him to know, we want the owner of this store to know that we as a church care about his business. We care about him. We want him to be successful. And even more than that, the reason why we care about him, the reason why we want to be a blessing to his business, to his place of influence is because we want him to see Jesus through us as a church. 
And so this Friday, I'll tell you, tell your friends, tell your kids, tell your wife, tell whoever you know, get them out there. (laughs) Get them there, get them there, get them there this Friday. Go get your free coffee. And if you're a member of the river, somebody asked me this morning, said, well, can I still go to it if it's free coffee? Yeah, I want you to go. But when you go, I want you to tell them that you're a member of the river church. And then I want you to tip them really well. Okay. That's what I want you to do. See? Amen. So go, and that's, that's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to be a blessing this week um, to this, this coffee shop, which I'm, I'm really excited about. And, you, and as we're walking through this, you might be thinking, okay, that's really cool, but this is a four-week series. What do we do past that? Right? This is like, okay, next week is going to be awesome, so you're telling us, and i got to come, but you won't tell me what it is. Some of this cloud of secrecy, you got to come back. But then what happens after that? Well, what I would say is that that, look, that is what we are doing um, in some ways organizationally as a church, but I think that for us to truly get in those areas of influence and be an influence, it can't just be the River Church or whatever different churches are out here doing that as an organization, but it has to go into the church body, the people of the church, mobilizing and getting in those spaces, right? Like, I, I think it come down, comes down to you, right? Like, to quote you know, gladiator, what can one man do? A lot. As a church, we want to serve and bless those areas of influence, but I think it goes past that. I think it goes into you as an individual, right? Like when I was a kid, tells you how just wacky of a kid I was. I used to think that the only way that you could really serve Jesus if you were a Christian was to be a pastor. That's how I ended up here. (laughs) Get me out. I was playing. (laughs) Like, I really, I was like, well, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, so I guess I have to be a preacher, right? That's, we obviously know that's not true, right? Because what I would say is that you, not being a pastor, have an opportunity to influence and bless and change those seven streams of influence much more than even I do. You know why? Because you're in them. Because you're already there by location, like by virtue of your job, your vocation, or your location, you are there, right? And as we, as we can walk into those spaces as Christians and we can see those places as more than just my job or more than just a place I'm hanging out or more than just a coffee shop that I happen to be at, but we see it as a place that God wants to use your life to transform, that can change and shape the way you go to work or go get coffee or even spend time with your family, Right? We like those spaces can become your assignment, like Paul was talking about. Those places become can become your ministry assignment. Like what I believe is that my job as your pastor is to help equip you, help to challenge you, to train you, and to mobilize you to get into those areas of influence and use our resources to change them. Right? That's our strategy to disciple you and then send you out. Right, to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, and then go out. That's our strategy, go out and, and help other people see Jesus and grow closer to Jesus because of what you're doing in those spaces. Right? And so what we want as a church organization is to bless and serve those spaces, but individually, we want you to be thinking about going into those spaces and seeing them as a ministry opportunity for you, a place that you can shape, a place that you can change, not just because of the people in your circle of influence, but leading up, shaping an organization. You see what I'm saying? Leading up, shaping, and changing an organization. You might think, well, why can't we just like keep to ourselves and not worry about that kind of stuff? 
Well, one, one thing that we've kind of had a, as a verse throughout this series that I brought up probably every week is this one, Matthew 5.13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. Talking to you, Christians. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt shall lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but be thrown out and trampled on by men. Now, there's a lot in that verse, but I want you to just really pay attention to that per- first part. You are the salt of the earth. The Bible says that Christians are the salt of the earth. It doesn't sound like we run away. It doesn't sound like we hide. It sounds like we're in those spaces figuring it out, right? And, and here's some really cool things about salt that you know is that salt makes everything better, doesn't it? Right? Like, like it's amazing. Like, it even makes watermelon better. And watermelon's perfect. <laughs> like, you haven't tried it, try it, right? And so what we are to do as Christians are to, for lack of a better term, infiltrate those spaces that you're really already in, and I would say make them better. Be a blessing to them. Love them. Serve them. Give to them, right? Walk into those spaces, and they can look at you and your, your coworkers or your family members or whatever, whatever those places of influence that you're in, that the people around you would look at you and go, this place is better because of the way of that man or that woman. Salt makes things better. Here's something else that I learned a couple weeks ago that salt does. I didn't know it does. Is that salt makes things taste more like itself. Do you know that? I learned it from a cooking show. Actually, let me, let me take that back. I learned that from a cooking show my wife was watching that she told me about later. Okay. So Katie was watching this cooking show, and she, she tells me about it, and she's really the one that saw the spiritual aspect of this. I wasn't. And she said, Mike, she said, let me tell you. They said that this, this lady was cooking, and she said, you know, why we like salt on things isn't because it makes it salty, although that's a cool part of it, but because when you put salt on some food, what it does is it draws out the natural flavors of the food so that you can actually taste the food better. Like, what happens is you can actually taste, like, it, it makes the food essentially taste more like itself, right? And then she was like, saw that she connected it, man, she should get up here and preach about it, because she, she connected those dots, and, and it was so cool to just be like, wow. So, so as as Christians, we're supposed to be salty, right? We're supposed to get in these spaces and help them be more like what they're supposed to be. We get in these spaces and help them be more like themselves. So think about that. Think about those, throw that slide back up. Think about those areas of influence in the world that, that we're talking about. Church, government, arts, education, business, media, family. What if the church, Christians, we mobilize, we're in the, you're already in those spaces, we get in those spaces and we help those places be not just better, but help them be more like themselves. Help them like change the corruption, change the things that are wrong in them, change the things that are twisted in them, make them draw out the goodness of them, draw out like what they're supposed to be. I just feel like that we can change the world if we do that, right? And it starts with changing your world. If we as Christians can mobilize and bless them and serve them, we can transform those spaces. And what I would tell you is that I very much believe Jesus would like that. And I would also say that I believe that that would absolutely be an act of worship to God, right? To walk into a space, people that he loves, places that he loves, organizations that he loves, and be the hands and feet of Jesus, that's an act of worship. And so as we go in there and you transform your world, you're, you're worshiping God. And so what I would say is, I would say the world's your ministry, but my 
assignment individually is this space, this place, you. You're my assignment. You know that? I'm, I'm committed to you for better or worse. <laughs> You're my assignment. But what's your assignment? Some of you guys have taken up the mantle of the River Church being your assignment as well, and I'm grateful for you, right? All right. But what's your assignment? I, I would say this. You're already in at least two of those places of influence, right? One, you're here today, the church. Two, you got a family. Boom. Easier than you thought it was, right? What's your assignment? I want you to think about that today. What's my assignment? And maybe you're thinking, so Mike, how do I get in it and how do I change it? I, I, I'm telling you, just be a blessing, right? Love on it, serve it, right? But you're like, so do I show up and am I like passing out Bibles and telling everybody that they need to become a Christian? I mean, I, you know, maybe, but probably not, right? What I would say is that if you want to influence those spaces, it's not about one moment, and this is something we've talked about throughout this entire series. It's not one moment, but it's consistently who you are day after day after day after day. And so when you go into that space, what you need to do, number one, is you need to live and work and act with integrity. You wouldn't think that I would have to tell Christians that, right? But it's a hard one sometimes, right? So when people around you at your job see you and they think of you, what they think of something that is synonymous with integrity, right? This place is better. This place, I can trust that person, right? Like literally 99% of being successful in the world is just doing what you say you're going to do. That's called living with integrity, Number two, I would say wherever you are, just work hard. I'm not saying sacrifice your family where you're like, oh, pastor says I got to work my butt off. So why, you know, like, sorry, I got to be here all day. No, don't sacrifice your family, but work hard. Like the people around you at your job or that space, whatever it is, your family, your, your school, whatever that is, they can say a lot of things about you, right? They might, they might question your, you know, your faith. They might question, you know, your ability. <laughs> they might question a lot of things about you, but never let them question how hard you work. Be a hard worker. So they look at you as a Christian. They see a hard worker. Number three, be a servant. That is the most countercultural thing you can possibly be in those areas of influence, right? Because what we want to do, we think of moving up the corporate ladder so that I can have more people do what I tell them to do, right? That's why I started the church. So I have a whole bunch of people who had to do what I told them to do, right? Just kidding, right? But as we climb up the ladder, which let me tell you, climbing up the corporate ladder is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because you, as you climb up the ladder, you gain more influence. But as you gain more influence, make sure that you, the, the, the more influence you gain, the more of a servant you should be, right? And let those people who are under you, let those people around you see a servant who's a servant because of Jesus Christ's impact in their lives, right? The higher you climb, the more of a servant you should be. And number four, I'd say this, as God grows your influence in those areas of influence, let the people around you see, when they're paying attention to your life, let them see that, it's, that your life is about more than the bottom line. That your life is about people. That you care about people. You know why? Because Jesus cares about people. And so if Jesus cares about people and he's my God, that means I care about people too. And so let the people around you see that you care about people. So what's your assignment? Mine's this place. I know you've at least got two, this church and your family. And don't discount the importance of that family ministry, that family assignment, because that will be the place. That will always, always, always be your greatest area of ministry. Okay. So where has God placed you? Ask him today to grow your influence in those areas so that you can help the world see Jesus through your life, that in your area of ministry, that as you're living in it and working in it and moving it, that God would even grow your faith, 
because of the things that you're seeing him do through your ministry. That as God grows your faith, that your ministry would be enlarged, that he would give you more of a ministry because of his faithfulness to you. And that as you're growing that ministry, that you would be able to proclaim the good news of the gospel even further than what you're able to do today. Amen? God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that we get to be a church that gets to go out into these areas of influence and hopefully be an influence. God, thank you that you give us people who love people, God, that you give us resources that we can do stuff like that. You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's cool that we have the resources that we can just go pay for everybody's coffee for a day at a coffee shop. It's cool that we have the resources that we can give $3,000 away to an elementary school. Like, God, thank you for that. God, please, please help us to always be a good steward of those things that you give us. God, and help us always to view the resources that you give us through the lens of eternity. Help us to always view the resources that you give us through the lens of wanting to change the world around us, God. Help us to never be selfish with what you give us, God. And, and as individuals here today, God, I pray that you would reveal to us our ministry, God. What's my assignment? Where have you placed me? What have you given me? What have you called me to? I know it's at least two places, the church and the family. What else? God, and as we live in those places, God, help us to be transformative. Help us not just to let the people around us see you, but help us as Christians to be transformative in the organizations themselves so we can be, make them a little bit salty, Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.